I'm so excited about today. In the past, I have taught on certain subjects concerning the end times. I personally see it in the scriptures clear as day. I see it in the news clear as day. I see it all around me clear as day that the end of all things is at hand. You know what I mean by that? I mean this. We're about to hear a trumpet. And we're about to hear a voice of an archangel say, come up hither. Like John saw in the book of Revelation chapter 4. He actually saw in the future the rapture of the church. He saw a sea of glass before the throne. And that sea of glass is a mass of people sparkling. In other words, John saw you and me there already 2,000 years ago. God knows the beginning from the end. It's interesting that John saw us already before the throne, sparkling and worshiping God in the light that no man can approach unless he's redeemed. Right? Well, I taught a few messages since I've been a pastor because I've been pastoring for 31 years in this church. And we're ready to get started. We've decided, Carla and I decided we're ready to get started. We've been in training for a long time. But I've, I've taught in the past. And Rich, I just got to say this about you. I go back and I listen to archives five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I think even 20 years ago. And I hear you in all my messages agreeing and adding your faith. And it's divine and it's supernatural. Makes me want to cry. You're so hungry for the word. Partners, we're forever together. This is amazing. It's amazing. And then we've got our new, new ones coming in like Gallio. Divine connection. Brand new to the church here. On fire for God. Already serving in the church. Already prophesying. Already speaking in tongues and interpreting. You should come to Wednesday night. You know, I, I need to say this. There's a lot of mature believers. You need to follow this guy to Wednesday night prayer meetings. He's supposed to be seeing you there, but you know, you'll be seeing him there and you need to follow him. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying a lot of you need to, from this moment forward, determine Wednesday nights is always, from now on, the Lord's. I'm going to serve and pray on Wednesday nights with my church until I see Jesus face to face. Now, as I talk some more about these things right here, you're going to see that these things are the most important things we could be talking about in these times. But I remember teaching a while back a whole series on understanding the times we're living in. Because a lot of people are not understanding the closeness of the coming of the Lord. I taught a series on it's going by the book. After some of the things were passed that kind of appalled us, laws that were passed, things that were just ungodly and not right. A lot of Christians were freaking out and getting scared and I had to preach a message. And I even calmed myself down a little bit because I was getting kind of angry at some of the things that were happening in our country. And I had to remember, you know what? A lot of this stuff was already foretold was going to happen in the last days. Evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived in the last days. The Bible says in the last days, men are going to be lovers of their own selves, fierce, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. These are all prophesied about the last day. Jesus said in the last days, right before he comes back, iniquity is going to abound and the love of many is going to wax cold. And that is talking about believers cooling off because the word Love is agape, and the only ones that have agape love in them is believers. And he said, because sin is going to be so accepted, the love of my people is going to get cold. Blew me away on Friday night. Man, were we blessed on Friday night. I was prompted to show a Keith Moore video that happened just about a week ago. Changed my life. He said, there are churches right now out there, lots of them, that they have never even heard the word sin preached in a sermon for months, years, 
People don't want to rock the boat. There's some boats that flat out need turned over. And people need to get out of those boats and get on the right boat. I know in my life. I have to watch it. Are you kidding me? I'm not perfect. I've messed up since I've been a Christian and since I've been a pastor. I mean, the devil is very, very aged. He has been around for thousands of years. He knows how to trick people. And you can't be safe just because you're nice and good and, and you're smart intellectually. You have got to be in the Word, in church, and filled with the Spirit if you're going to make it through these last days without deception. Because Jesus said, if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived in these last days. Even the very elect. I've seen it. I've seen people back away from church attendance. I've seen it. And I've seen them get into things and I thought, don't they see how deceived they are? Don't they see that this is off? Don't they see? But you get away from the church, you know, the church where there's legitimate pastoral authority and anointing. Not just a Bible study because somebody rebelled right. and didn't want to submit anymore. Those are fine. Those are good as supplements, but they can't take the place of church. Come on. And I've seen people get off. I've seen people soar into areas that they thought were right. That t five years ago, they would have said, I would never do that. And they did it. Right. Yeah. Satan's crafty. It didn't say he's the most powerful beast of the field. It said he's the most subtle. Right. He's been working at subtlety a long time. And when you drift from the church, the Bible says you drift from the pillar and the ground of truth. And that is not something you want to drift from in the end times where there's seducing spirits and doctrines of demons everywhere. So we taught on that. It's going by the book. Don't freak out, people. It's going by the book. The Bible says in the last days there'd be an uprise of without natural affection. The Bible said in the last days it's going to be like Sodom. It's going to be like Gomorrah. It's going to be like the days of Lot. It's going to be like the days of Noah. It's going to be like those days. It's going to get bad. But here's the good news. We're getting out of here before the worst. We're going to see some bad. We're going to be protected from it, but it's going to be all around us. But we're out of here before the worst. So I remember I taught a while back on the wonderful, awful last days. Depends on which group you're in. Depends on which group you're in. Are you saved and expecting the Lord to come back and living for Him and being ready to stand before the Son of Man? Or are you doing your own thing and not too, care, not too concerned about the things of God? And I tell you what, man, there's going to be a lot of people caught off guard. And I just want to say, church, I apologize if I haven't done my job properly. And I know I haven't. Pastors are anointed to help people. And they're not the only ones. There's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Amen. But I know if, if I do my part right, we'll be ready. Yeah. If I do my part right, and you listen, you hear from God, make adjustments, tweak your life, or whatever you got, you'll be ready too. Yeah. We'll be ready to stand before the Son of Man. Yeah. The Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. And the voice of the archangel... And the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. What that means is those that are already with the Lord spiritually are going to get their immortal body about a split second before ours are changed if we remain to the coming of the Lord. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain at this event shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. You do not want to be late for that meeting. <laughs> So if you're in the habit of being late for meetings, church meetings or whatever, you might want to adjust a bit so you're not late for that meeting. Amen. We're going to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We taught a message on ready or not, here he comes. Today I want to teach you for the remaining time on this. We are down to the two-minute warning. We are not in the last days. They were in the last days 2,000 years ago when Peter said in the last days, the prophet Joel prophesied in the last days, God's going to pour out His Spirit on all flesh. The last days began 2,000 years ago. We are not in the last days. We are in the last of the last days. 
And it's exciting if you're a believer. You might want to get under the bed and hide if you're not. But even that won't help. It's two-minute warning. How many know if the two-minute warning goes off and you're in a football game, it's really important to you to know that. Because when the two-minute warning happens, you know the first part of the game was crucial. This part is critical. It is time to hustle. It is time to hustle when you know. And friend, I heard the Spirit of God say, two-minute warning. It's about over. Everything's about to change. We're going to see more manifestations of angels than we have ever seen. Just like in the first coming, all kinds of angels began to appear to prepare people for the first coming. We're going to see angelic help like never before in these last days. I'm not saying go seek after this and that, but just know when it happens so you don't fall over. So turn with me to Hebrews 9, and I'm going to show you a video in just a second, as a four-minute video. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28. Everybody say, two-minute warning. Now, when you know it's a two-minute warning, you kind of do things a little different. Things are sped up. You're more in the critical mode. You're hustling. You realize time's short. Your lifestyles change. Your priorities change. Things are tweaked. You know what I mean by tweak? Adjusted. Okay? That's a sound man expression. Dorsey, can you tweak the guitar a little? All right? But now notice here, notice what the Word of God says. Christ, Jesus Christ, was once offered to bear the sins of many. Praise God. Yeah. Woo! And unto them, now notice, unto them, unto them, a certain group of people, unto them that look for him, shall Jesus Christ appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Question. Are you looking for him? Are you anticipating his second coming? Are we just so busy in our own affairs, in our own life, that we hardly ever think about this? I thought this was interesting. Is he coming for everybody? Who's he going to appear to the second time? Answer, not everyone. Not everyone. So, let me tell you what the phrase, that look for him, says in the original Greek language. I looked it up in my Greek concordance because it was translated from the Greek manuscripts. The word is assiduously. Is that how I say it, Sean? <laughs> Thank you. He's my teacher. <laughs> assiduously, which means, according to Webster's, showing great care, attention, and effort marked by careful, unremitting attention or persistent application. In other words, this is not casually looking. We are in a mode of saying, Lord, you're coming back. I'm going to live like it. You're coming back. Who's he going to appear the second time to? Those who are looking for him. Now, the devil's the master of distraction. He will get you looking at this and looking at 29,000 satellite channels and looking at all this on the Internet, looking at all anything but the Lord's return. Because there's something about knowing he's coming soon that purifies you. It has a purifying effect. It has a get-your-act-together effect. The more this becomes real to us, the more something's going to stir on the inside of us, and we're going to start laying stuff down that we've been playing with that we shouldn't be playing with. We're going to start kicking stuff out that we've been let in. We're going to get things right because we know the King of glory, the Prince of the kings of the earth, is about to come back, and we're going to meet Him in the air. That's not the second coming. That's us meeting Him in the air. And then we're heading back to heaven for a few years while the worst happens on the earth. And then, like the seventh from Adam prophesied, Enoch, the Lord cometh with millions of his saints to clean everything up on this planet. And it's going to take some fire. People say, do you believe in uh, global warming? I believe in global melting. Everything is going to melt with fervent heat and all this, anything that sin did to this planet is going to be dissolved and the Lord's going to make it brand new again and we're going to rule and reign with Him a thousand years Amen. on this planet. And your position in that life has a lot to do with your faithfulness in this life to His call on your life. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the new Jerusalem is going to descend down from heaven. It's a cubed city. It's huge. It goes way up past the stratosphere. It's, it's, like, it's like a cube square about the size of Texas. or it, I mean, it's huge, bigger than the size. But it's not that wide, only it's that deep and tall, too. And it's like crystal. And it's going to hover over the earth. And there'll be transportation to and fro. And Jesus will be the king. And there'll be no votes. Don't need no votes when his way is perfect and everything he does is absolutely flawless. Why would you need any votes? Let me just say this to you. Do you know why there's so much crazy stuff happening on the earth today, even in some Christians' lives? Because his will is not being fully pursued in our lives. Do you know why heaven's perfect? God always gets his way there. And his way is perfect. Do you know why it's not so good on the earth? God is not always allowed to have his way in people's lives on the earth. This should make wanting the will of God more than anything in your life very, very, very important. Top thing on the list. Turn to another scripture in 1 Chronicles chapter 12. I've got to keep moving here. And then I'm going to show you a little video in just a second here and we'll finish up. 1 Chronicles chapter 12. 12. I want you to notice verse 32 and 33. Israel is in a time of war. War is all around them. David's getting all the tribes ready for war. All these people with special talents. There were, there were rangers. There were special forces. All these people are getting ready to battle because all kinds of stuff is going on around them and they need to be ready. So, David said, Now of the children of Issachar, one tribe, which were men that had understanding of the times. Now, this is powerful. To know in time of war what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their commandment. Next verse. Oh, of Zebulon, such as went forth to battle, expert in war. That talks about rangers there, or special forces. With all instruments of war, 50,000 which could keep rank and they were not of double heart. Very important today not to be of double heart. The devil will push you. He'll do his best to push you away from God's original place and plan for your life. Go back to the previous verse. The children of Issachar had a gift of understanding the signs of the times. What will that do for us? We'll know what we ought to do. How many think it's good to know what we ought to do concerning the times we're living in? We have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. There are certain plans that God has for us that are specified and and directed particularly to us concerning our part in the end times. Now, I'm going to go to the scripture later if we have time, but in uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, the Bible says, seeing then that all these things are going to be dissolved... What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and righteousness? What what kind of person should you be? What should we do? And what kind of people should we be concerning the times we're living in? I'm going to tell you a couple things before we're done. Go to Luke chapter 21. And I want you to look at this out of the message translation, a modern translation. Lucas is going to put it up in the message. Verse 34 through 36. Jesus is talking about the last days. All right. So just picture this red letters up here. Okay. Jesus said in Luke 21, be on your guard. Stop right there. What does that mean? That's a soldier word. If you're you're a believer, you're not supposed to just live like other civilians. Right. You understand? There's certain things they're doing we don't do. There's certain things they're watching we don't watch. There's certain things that they like we don't like. We need to be on guard. Paul said, you're, you need to be good soldiers. Endure hardness as good soldiers. He's, he always relates to this, this army type thing. He said, be on guard, Jesus said. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation concerning the coming of the Lord get dulled by parties and drinking and shopping. Oh, sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, I'm not. 
No, I'm not. Come on, man. You can go too far in some of these things. Indulge yourself. I think the King James says this. Jesus said, watch out that your hearts be not overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness that that day come upon you unaware. And the enemy knows this, and that's why he's pushing the alcohol thing. He's pushing it beyond extremes. He's pushing all this stuff. He's pushing it because he knows this will keep your heart dull, and that day will come upon you unaware. How many know we need to be sharp today? How many times does the Bible say, be sober? Gird up the loins of your mind and be sober and watch unto prayer. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren throughout the world. Jesus said, don't let the sharp edge of your expectation get dulled by parties and drinking and shopping. Otherwise, that day, and he's talking about the day of his return, is going to take you by complete surprise. Spring on you suddenly like a trap, for it's going to come on everyone, everywhere at once. So whatever you do, don't go to sleep at the switch. Here's something we need to do. Remember, Shakar said, I know the signs of the times that we may know what Israel should do. Pray constantly that you'll have the strength and wits to make it through everything that's coming and end up on your feet before the Son of Man. Anybody want to end up on their feet? How about we go one step further? How many of you want to hear the words when you're standing before the Lord and everybody's going to stand before Him? This is not something you can avoid. How many of you want to hear the words? Well done. Good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now, like I said earlier tonight, today, we've all made mistakes. We've all sinned. Sometimes I think like I'm like Paul. I, I'm, I'm the worst. And I don't, I don't know exactly all, all the ins and outs of everything, but I do know when you're called to the ministry... You just, you got to be ready for things. You, you, you got you to have people around you praying with you and for you. And, and I, I tell you, church, this is a time we're living in right now. We need to really stop talking about people's failures and start praying for them. We don't know the attacks, the demon things that we don't know what's coming against. So we need to stop criticizing and start praying. Because God wants to bring a lot of people up that have felt like they've fallen by the wayside. God wants to restore them. So, so with these things in mind, I'm, I'm going to share a few more things in just a minute. I wanted to show you a video. All right. It's a video we showed a, we showed a while back when we taught on It's Going By The Book. Because the name of the song is It's Going By The Book. It's by Johnny Cash. I believe it's totally of the Lord. I don't even know if he knew the fullness of what he was writing and what he was doing here. But it was done a little while ago, so forgive us for the, you know, the non-HD quality. <laughs> but we're going to watch this video, and I just want you to see it, because there's some real-life clips in here of things. that this, this was a pretty old video, too. Think of what's happened since then. Wow. I mean, wow. Man, if these aren't the last days, there won't be any. These are the last of the last days. So I just want you to hear this. I want you to hear the, the title of it. It's going by the book. Christians, don't be afraid. We can't stop all fires. With our prayers. We can keep ourselves free. We can pray for others in our circles. And, you know, we, but we can't stop all fires in these last days. But we can pull people from the fire. Amen. A thousand may fall at our side. Ten thousand at our right hand. But it won't come near us. Come on. As long as we're living in the secret place. Right? Yeah. Of the Most High. As long as we're saying, He's my refuge, my fortress, my God. And Him will I trust. Yes. Come on. But it's going by the book. So don't be afraid. I, I, certain laws were passed a couple years ago, bothered me as a believer. Absolutely, one particular bothered me. And then I thought, it's going by the book, and the last days will be like Sodom and Gomorrah. How many know God loves every person on this planet? He just doesn't love what's killing people. So go ahead and roll. It's a four minute video, we'll finish up.
Say it's going by the book. Wow. Turn with me to Matthew 24. What a prophetic video. And that's not even half of it. And if we added from that video till now things that are going on, oh man, it's, uh, it's, just, it's just happening right before our eyes. And then Jesus said, you know, in the last days there'd be those that would mock and say, where's the sign of his coming? You've been talking about the coming of the Lord since the fathers fell asleep. And these mockers don't even know it. They were prophesied about that there would be mockers in the last time saying, where's the promise of his coming? All things continue as they were from the beginning. Oblivious. Desensitized. Dull to what's really going on. You know, the Bible says Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. He's doing everything he can through the airwaves to keep us distracted from the most important things in life. This is a happy message. How many know this is? Jesus said, when you see all these things begin to happen, if you're a believer, look up. Look up. Your redemption is this close. What redemption? The full redemption of your body. You know, this mortal putting on immortality. We're close. This is exciting times for the church. These are terrible times if you're not a believer. Absolutely terrible. And the worst is yet to come, like the song said. When we're out of here, the man of sin is going to fully be revealed through a bunch of lying signs and wonders. The mystery of iniquity already works. But something, or should I say someone, is holding this wicked man of sin back from coming in full power. Anybody knows what is holding him back? The church. But when we're raptured, when we're out of here, the man of sin can be fully revealed. And they're going to do everything their flesh wants to do. And it's going to be a mess down here. Oh my goodness. I personally believe they've already got an explanation of why we're gone. New Age teachings say there's coming a cleansing. And all these crazy fanatics that were trying to tell us their Christian laws are going to be cleansed out of the earth. So that people in that time don't turn to the Lord. No, what's going to happen? I think we need to cut a, cut a teaching and put it on the internet. What to do if you miss the rapture? If you're listening to this, the church is gone. We won't release it, you know, until we, well, we'll just, we'll release it now. We'll have to release it now, man, because we're going to be gone. We're talking a twinkling of an eye. The Bible says this mortal is going to put on immortality if you're a believer, and it's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye, which is an atomic second. It's so quick. It's quicker than a second. We're changed in the moment. This mortal puts on immortality. Death is swallowed up in life. Amen. Matthew 24, verse 1. Jesus said, he, well, he went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, Do you see all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be here left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Keep going. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? So actually he's answering three questions in these next few verses. So you have to discern what he's answering. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. This is telling us right here that there's going to be an increased deception in the last days to seduce God's people away from being on fire for God. The world's already deceived. Take heed that no man deceive you. This takes effort. This is not just going to happen because you're nice. (laughs) Okay? Take heed. Jesus said, Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Get all afraid about that because, you know, a missile may come. Somebody may shoot you. No, that's the devil and his fear. Shut the door on fear. The Lord said, wars, rumors of wars are going to happen, see, but, but see that you be not troubled. You've got to see to it. It doesn't just automatically happen. You will be afraid if you don't do what he said. Mm-hmm. 
see to it that you're and one way to see you're not troubled is hook up with a good local church. Amen. That isn't just, you know, passing time and doing our duty. And there's a lot of good ones. You hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. See, it's going to get bad, but the worst is going to happen after the church is gone because the worst can happen until we're gone. I just said that by the Holy Ghost right there. I didn't mean to say that. I hope you heard it because I have to go back and listen to it. He said in the last days, signs of the times, nation's going to rise against nation. This nation talking about that nation. That nation talking about this. Oh man, what's happening in Israel and around Syria and, and Iran and all these. I mean, do you realize that there's about to take place a huge war in Israel? And we're talking about blood up to the knees of the horses. I mean, we're talking, this is how, this is how the prophet explained it. It's how he knew to explain it. It's going to be horrific. And the bear from the north, the dragon from the east, and all this stuff is happening before our eyes. And if you ever watch Joseph Morris' End of Days Update, this little eight-minute video every Wednesday, we show it here at the church regularly at times. He, he gives us an end of days update. He's anointed of God to help us understand things that are happening in Israel and all around the world and signs of the times. He says something very interesting last Wednesday. He said there's all kinds of signs concerning the second coming, but the rapture is signless. Right. Right. Paul talked about the coming of the Lord, but he also talked about our gathering together unto him. See, when we meet the Lord in the air, we're not doing a U-turn and coming back. He's picking up his bride, and we're going on a seven-year honeymoon, yeah. right? I mean, marriage supper of the Lamb, right? right. <laughs> and while we're there, all hell's breaking loose here. Right. I mean, you can't even buy or sell without mark hand and forehead and mark of the beast, and they cut your head off. Right. Yeah. I mean, interesting times are upon us. I mean... I've seen a few movies about the rapture, but it still can't portray quite exactly what John was talking about in the book of Revelation. Read on here. Nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines. In other words, see, there were things like this in these days, but there'll be an increase of these things in the last days. There's an increase of these things in the last days. Pestilence, earthquakes in Different places. Keep going. These are the beginning of sorrows. Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted, and they'll kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. He's talking about Christians. In the last days, there's going to grow a hatred for Christians. People that stand up for good. Did you know there was a pastor in Canada, was he put in jail? For preaching out of Romans chapter 2, and they said that was a hate crime, and they put him in jail. Wow. Interesting. And again, I want to stop and pause here and say this, church. We've all messed it. We've all messed up. God loves everybody. But if you really love somebody, you're not going to be okay with what's slowly killing them. And, and it's not that we don't love people. I mean, we've all messed. I mean, we may have done worse than some of these people. But the blood of Jesus can cleanse us and totally take care of all those sins. And you can get up and go on with confidence in your life. Saying, the blood, the blood, the blood. How are you standing? The blood. That's the only thing i got to say. The blood of Jesus is the only reason. And here's what we need to be cautious about. The Bible says, who are you to judge another man's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and God is able to make him stand. We've got to watch out about this person. You know, anytime you feel an urge to criticize or be offended, pray. And you'll give the devil a nervous breakdown. They'll deliver you up to be afflicted, and that all nations will hate you for my name's sake. His name's sake. You want some persecution? Go public with your faith in the name of Jesus. You want some persecution? Now, I'm not talking about doing things to get persecution. I'm just saying, don't be ashamed. I'm not pushing things on people, but don't be ashamed. If they can say the F word in front of you, you can say, thank you, Jesus, in front of them. 
And I, I'm a little bit disturbed about some of these people in front of millions of people on camera and TV. I think they're good people. Their intentions are right. They're probably believers, I'm sure. But I don't like it when they say, I just want to thank God. Well, to a lot of people, that could be Maharashi Meshiyogi. That could be Buddha. That could be the Princess Diana. Uh, not, not Princess, what would they call it? The, um, well, anybody, any potentate on the earth or uh, the, the Jupiter that fell from the sky or whatever. Right? right? I like it like Tim Tebow. Yeah. I like Tim Tebow. I want to thank my Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, now we know which God you're talking about. There are gods, many, there are lords, many, but there's one true and living God. I like it when they say, I'd like to see somebody get up at the Oscars, and we're going to see it in these last days. Some of these celebrities are going to just repent publicly and just give their life to the Lord and not care one bit more about their money. I'm going to stand up there and say, I just want to thank the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You got that straight? I'm talking about the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ for giving me breath to even do what I'm doing today. Amen. You won't hear one clap in the audience. You, probably, you, might hear about that. you probably won't hear one clap in the audience. Probably be something like that. Hmm? But I'd rather walk away from a Hollywood party by myself with Jesus than be loved by all these people that are lost and undone. Because when you walk away with Jesus and everybody else is laughing at you, you're walking away with the prince of the kings of the earth. You're walking away with the captain of our salvation. You're not alone. You're walking away with a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You're walking away with the king of glory, the bright and morning star, the resurrection and the life, the first and the last, the son of God, the son of David, the son of man, the king of Israel. You're not alone. A little bit of his creation might think you're a nutty Christian, but the creator is locked with you. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So, in closing, let's finish this off. Next verse. Then shall many be offended, and they shall betray one another. Offense. It's happening in the churches, guys. There are believers. And here's a good thing. We can all repent, but let's just, let's just repent. I mean, there's too much offense in the church. I like what it said about David's, David's men. They, they didn't break rank and they didn't have a double heart. It wasn't one day everything's great, then when things don't go well, everything's not great, and then I'm over here and then I'm over there. Sometimes I come, then I don't, then I come. Then I don't. It's time for all that to stop. Friend, we're, 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 we're greater people than that. We're greater people than that. Actually, I'm going to wax bold and say this to you. Y- you, I'll tell them, Lord. Jesus needs you. You know who he's talking to right now. Jesus needs you. Praying on Wednesday nights with this church. Unless you're in youth group. Jesus needs you. Praying. On Wednesday nights. And they'll betray one another and they'll hate one another. Next verse. Keep reading. We've got a couple more verses. Many false prophets will arise and shall deceive many. And because sin shall abound or be rampant or be everywhere, so accepted. Many are going to start accepting it as well because so many are doing it. Broad is the way to destruction. Many are going down that road. Few are going down the way of life because it's straight and narrow. Some people, Pastor, you know, you guys preach, you know, this and sounds, sounds kind of narrow. Yeah, narrow and saved. 
And because iniquity shall abound, the love or the agape of many believers shall wax cold. Let me, let me just say this. this. This is totally parallel to 1 Timothy 4, where it says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly. You better listen is what he's saying. This, when it says the Spirit speaks expressly, stop what you're doing and listen. The Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, some are going to depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. They're not, they're not going to feel the same way towards those movies that they first felt. You know, when you first, as a believer, when you first watch a stupid movie you know you shouldn't have watched, you saw something you shouldn't have... Right? Our eyes aren't trash cans, our ears aren't garbage disposals, right? You, you see something, first time you watch it, something pricks your spirit. You go, ooh. Second time you watch it, the prick is not as strong. Third time you watch something like that, it's like, oh, I, you know, that's bad, but I can overlook that. Fourth time you watch it, it's like, cool. Fifth time you watch it, what's happening? You're getting calloused. And this, I'm just using movies as an example. You're getting calloused. And the Bible talks about a very sad situation where people go past feeling. They're not yielding anymore to those convictions of the Lord and those promptings in your own spirit saying, that's wrong, that's wrong. That's a bad place to be. You know, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing to hurt when you're supposed to on the inside. Because I'm telling you, the Bible says God, in the end times, He says, He says, I'm... I'm going to give some people up. No more dealings. That is not a good place to be. Thinking that something's okay that you used to know was terrible. That is not a good place. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. We have a friend of ours, Randall Greer, who's, he got saved, you know, on his third escape from prison. And I was telling you about this, I think, Galio. Randall Greer, we've had him at our church. He's a minister now, so it ends really good. But He was on his third escape from prison, somewhere in Texas, I think it was, and had a bunch of girls in the car and driving down the road. And he said, all of a sudden, something came into my car. And I heard these words, and it was a scripture out of the book of Genesis, just before the flood of Noah. And this voice said to Randall Greer, My spirit will not always strive with man. You're headed down a path, son, that if you keep going, the devil set traps for you and you will be dead very soon and you will end up in a devil's hell. He wet his pants. He pulled the car over. The girls didn't hear anything, but they just freaked out. They just ran. And the Lord said, Randall... You go back to such and such a city and you turn yourself in and plead guilty to all five felony charges. The Lord told him to do that. He went back, turned himself in, went to prison. But his life was changed. And how many of you know, if you're really, if you're really a servant and a follower of the Lord, he will set the captives free. He got out of prison supernaturally quick. Went into the ministry. Rainbow Bible Training Center. Full-time minister today. His wife and his son travel all over in their beautiful plane. Preaching everywhere. The gospel. That's a long story in a very short capsule. And why did I say all that? Because the Lord told him, My spirit will not always strive with man. In other words, there comes a time... Where God says these words. Are you ready? Let him that's holy be holy still. Let him that's filthy be filthy still. Let's finish this off. Next verse. But he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved. He didn't say, you know, he's not looking for perfection here. He's just looking for 
Just keep moving the direction you believe the Lord's told you to go. Come on, keep reading your Bible. Keep praying. Keep going to church. Keep being involved. Serve. Do this, do that. Just endure. To, don't give up on the Lord. Don't say sin is not sin anymore. Don't say this is okay. I know God says it's not. Don't ever give up. If you have to repent a hundred times a day, do it. It's better than opening the door to the devil. Sin lets him in. But you can repent of it and kick him out. Next verse. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And that's why we're here. We want to fulfill this verse. We want to get the sign. We want to get on, more, on TV. We want to get better cameras. We want to get more staff. We want to do more outreach. We want to get shuttles. We want to bring people to church. We got all these visions because that's a part of the end happening, and it's a part of him coming back. So real quick, go to 2 Thessalonians 2. And we'll close here, and then um, I'll just, I already quoted you the other one. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Anybody excited about the coming of the Lord? Oh, he's so good. There's a lot more you can read about this in the book of Matthew and Luke and other scriptures. And, you know, one of the most important signs that have happened showing us that the coming of the Lord is right at the doorstep is where Jesus said, Behold the fig tree, which in Bible prophecy is check out Israel. When Israel becomes our buds, when the fig tree buds, know that it's so close to the coming of the Lord. So, what does it mean, Israel budding? The fig tree budding. Well, if you remember, Israel became a nation in 1948. Correct? And Jerusalem was regained as a capital in 1962. 67. Those two events, I believe, are what Jesus said about the fig tree blossoming. And Jesus said the generation of people that sees that happen will not pass until everything else is fulfilled. We've seen it in our lifetime. 1948, 1967. Hmm? Now the patience of the Lord will probably get down to the last second of the generation. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? He is so long-suffering. One of the most amazing things about the Lord to me is His long-suffering. How He puts up with me so long. I'm serious. I'm serious. That's probably the most amazing thing about the Lord is how patient He is. Oh, I could cry. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, just read this with me and we'll close. Now we beseech you, brethren, Paul said by the Holy Ghost, we beg of you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Remember, this was 2,000 years ago. Next verse. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, right? Except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed. Now, I see both happening in what he's saying. There's, there's a falling away. There's a departing from the faith. That's talking about believers leaving something they were in. Cooling off. Not believing what they used to believe about sin, about being filled with the Spirit, about living for God. They left. They, they've departed from the faith where they used to be. But this is also talking about, I believe, the rapture. Because if you read the word falling away first, it's talking about an exit. So that day will not come except there come a falling away first. So we see people falling away from the faith and we see the rapture about to happen. And that man of sin be revealed. Who's the man of sin? Be revealed. The son of perdition. The son of drawing back. The son of going the wrong way. Next verse. This person opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. That's none other but Lucifer. I will ascend above the clouds. I will be like the Most High. And God said, you'll be brought down to the pit. Right? And he said, this guy's going to exalt him above all that's called God, that is worship. So he, as God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholds that this man of sin might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity does already work. It's already happening. The whole world lies in wickedness. Only he who now lets will let until we be taken out of the way. (laughs) Come on, did the Lord give us power over all the power of the devil? 
Can we cast him out if he comes against us? Can we put him underfoot? Well, when the church is gone, that authority is gone. And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth. We're going beyond just receiving the truth. How you receive it is vital. They received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure... I mean, no, we don't want any pleasure in unrighteousness. You may have slipped up. You may have messed up. Your flesh may have wanted it, but you need to bounce back and say, I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I love what God loves, and I hate what he hates. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. That's enough for now. Stand up with me.